Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is March 10th. I am David Gasford, joined by co-host Matt Carroll, and we're the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Brewer's spring training is in full swing, and there's a lot to talk about that happened in the past week, and there's no one better to discuss it with than our guest this week, the franchise. Tim Allen, co-host of Rami and Tim on 1250 AM The Fan, uh, weekdays from 2 to 6. And host of the Brewers post game show on the fan, Tim. Thank you so much for for taking the time to come on the pod this week. It's it's about time, guys. I thought I was being <laughs> shunned by reviewing the brew. Come on now, any any time, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. We we wanted to reach out on Twitter, but we know like you you don't you're not really a on the Twitter a lot. So we were just kind of like you know maybe we need to find a different way to to reach out and. And just figure out a way to get it done. Uh, a lot that, that happened in this past week. What was really unfortunate is like last week we recorded our episode with Bill Schmidt. And then like five hours later, Jackie Bradley Jr. signed with, with the Brewers officially. He signed at like three in the morning that that news broke. I don't know why at that time he made the decision to sign, but he did. Uh, 3 a.m. So, so, Tim, when you woke up to... Uh, the news uh, of Jackie Bradley Jr. signing that two-year deal of $24 million with the Brewers. What was your initial reaction to it? Yeah, guys, uh, really right away, I I was a little surprised, like a lot of Brewer fans were. And, and the first thing you think of is, oh, my goodness. Um, does that mean there's going to be another trade here? Is there, what, what's going on here? That We already have a, a really good outfield. There's, there's no question about that. And I think everyone would agree with that, that – Oh, there, there's Lorenzo Cain and, and obviously Christian Yelich and then Avisail Garcia. And Avi, by the way, I'll, I'll preface all of this by saying I don't think last year is any indication of what type of player he is, guys. And I think you would agree that, you know, he, he and, and again, it's unfortunate that the pandemic year was his introduction to Brewers fans because now you're seeing some of the fans saying, He's not that good and, and et cetera, but he really is when you look at his track record, when you look at the back of his baseball card, he really is. So that all that being said, now, wait a second, Jack, Jackie Bradley Jr., where, where are they going to play him? And, and, it's, and it's funny that, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Number one, it's, it's a good thing overall, and, and it makes your baseball team better. And the Brewers are a better team with Jackie Bradley Jr. on it. But it also, I, I think it's sort of interesting at the very least that, you know, shortly after the signing and, and just a few days ago uh, from this taping, that we get, uh, you know, news that Lorenzo Cain, it's, we're not out of time yet, says Craig Council, but there's enough time to get his legs underneath him and he's suffering with a quad thing and he'll be ready by opening day. But time is getting a little tight. So I find that interesting that, Maybe there was something there. He's coming off the opt-out, and and maybe there's a little something there. But it is a depth thing. Uh, David Stearns, president, and Matt Arnold, they have always, the GM, uh, they've always appreciated the depth at any position, so they say. And, you know, guys, overall, and I think you you guys that are reviewing the brew would, would agree that they're a better baseball team with JBJ on it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean – I, I felt kind of the same way, you know, I was surprised to, to th- see the signing, even though it had been talked about, you know, for the previous few days. Um, and even though the brewers have gone the route of stocking up on 
extra outfielders even when it seems like they already have a decent starting outfield. You look back to 2018, they did the same thing when they already had um, Braun and Domingo Santana and they add Yelich and Kane to that mix. And then back to last year um, when they added Avi to Braun, Yelich and Kane. Um, This seemed a little different in that, you know, you have uh, Bradley who's relatively still in his prime, although I guess, you know, Avi is too last from last year. Um, doing the math, I did some math on it, and you know, three outfielders starting um, across per game across four players. That's about 120 games per player if they were each to play from start to finish, and so that's already still a good amount of playing time for each player. Um, but you look back to 2019, and you had um, Braun. Yelich, Kane, and Gamble get a majority of the playing time in the outfield. Each one of them played in, it was like 130 some games minimum per player. Now Gamble was playing probably less innings per game as he was coming in for late, as a late inning defensive replacement in some of those, but that's still a good amount of playing time. And that year you also had Trent Grisham getting a pretty decent amount of playing time down the stretch once Yelly got hurt as well as Tyrone Taylor getting thrown into the mix. So all four of them are going to get playing time. And when you really think about some of the late game pinch hit options that the Brewers now have, when you've got whichever three start in a game and you want to go match up and you might have Avi off the bench or Kane off the bench or Bradley off the, you know, whoever that ends up being. Um, Or, Hey, when we play an interleague series versus an AL team, maybe we get to play all four, throw in the Mm -hmm. DH. Like that's, that's some firepower, man. Like it's, it's going to work out great for the Brewers this year, I think. It is, and I, and I think, guys, that you know, fans on the surface they, they will question that, and it's going to take a little getting used to because, like I said, hey, we know that uh, how Craig Council's uh, managerial style is, and and that is mm-hmm. to to mix and match things. I mean, we we see this, and I, I think I think it's his biggest asset, and I, I've thought that for a few years now that that is one of his specialties. And it's, you know, he's the longest tenured NL manager. And I think that flies under the radar. And I don't think the Brewers and council get enough credit for that. There has to be built-in success here uh, in professional sports to be the longest tenured head coach or, or manager here in this, this case in baseball. But I mean, I, I'm almost hoping, and I know a lot of fans are, are going against the grain on this, and they're hoping that, wow, with Daniel Vogel back on the bench, and now with JBJ, and, and what are you going to do with, you know, maybe an influx of uh, uh, Urias and, and now Colton Wong and Cassidy? What are you going to do? We need the DH. Not the case, I don't think, in my mind, guys. I don't, because I think it goes advantage counts. It goes advantage brewers to let them play what you just said. To, to let them play that strategy game, moving some pieces around the board, when to take out Woody, did, did the pitcher spot clear? Um, what kind of matchup do I have? Who do I have in the pen? Can I go a double switch here if I need to and the pitcher's in trouble? You know, and on top of that, it almost plays into it, guys, um, the innings build up here this year. And, and, you know, I was listening to Brian Anderson the other day. And he has said that the most hidden story here in, in this year's baseball season is going to be the pitcher's innings. No one's coming out of the chute here with a destination of 200 innings as a starter. I have a sneaking suspicion, and this is just my little conspiracy theory, 
that they're stretching out a Drew Rasmussen. They're stretching out a Freddie Peralta. They're stretching out a Brent Suter. They want so bad for Eric Lauer to get his stuff together. And he's had a really rough. One of the reasons why uh, Jordan Zimmerman, I think they're going to utilize this piggyback situation more than we think, possibly more than we think, but you're right on the money with letting Craig council manage. I, I, I in terms of us, brewers geeks and nerds and things like that guys <laughs> i can promise you as an entertaining season, it's gonna it's gonna happen this year for us for sure oh absolutely <laughs> and as you mentioned uh, one of the guys uh, i think they've come out and said already that uh, drew rasmussen is going to be stretched out into a front suitor type role um so he's going to be kind of like you know half starter half reliever mm-hmm. is going to be able to like go three innings if needed and the big difference between those two is that Rasmussen can chuck 99 and Suter, <laughs> Suter cannot. Um, but yes, but yeah, so like they're, they're going to have so many innings available for, for so many guys. And, and yeah, even, even the guys like Woodruff and Burns, you know, it'd be nice to see them throw 200 innings, but you know, like you were mentioning coming off of last year, is it, are you going to be able to do that without putting them at a very high risk for injury? So, you know, are you arguably better with Burns and Woodruff out on the mound in any Sure. But, you know, when it comes to the long-term health, uh, they got plenty of options down there in that bullpen, whether it be Rasmussen or Topa or whoever, uh, to fill those same innings if needed. Yep. Yeah, and there's also yeah, going to be yeah, – no, go ahead. You're right, right on the money, right? Oh, exactly on the money. And that's why those – those guys, and and it's probably gonna upset me a little bit on a, on a given night to say it's a Tuesday night and it's a it's a Brewers Reds game and the Brewers, uh, you know, they they fall, they spit up a lead here, uh, you know, they were up four to three and then things went haywire middle innings because man Burns was rolling, but he only pitched three and two thirds or four and a third. If if a guy gets into a pitch count situation, you're right that long term health. I think Craig Council's all over that already. So I, I need to sort of mentally brace myself a little <laughs> bit for mm, it's almost like the Braun thing, getting a, getting a day off. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's a rubber match against the Cubs. You can't sit him now. But I mean, he's very conscious of that stuff. He is very and, – and now with, with a – what I guess, I guess we could still call it a funky baseball world at least – for the first third of this season, guys. And I, I think you would agree that at least let's, let's not be too judgmental on, on it being back to a pure 162, at least until, you know, June 1st, let's, let's get there and reassess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think it's worth noting too, to go back to uh, letting Craig council manage. I, I, I know the, short starts are going to be tough for some of us baseball traditionalists, but that is going to allow us to see a lot of fun in what Craig council does with that pitching staff. Um, Having those different guys who can piggyback off each other. I think one of the most intriguing fact about that is you have so many changes of pace that you can go because there's guys like Burns and Woody and Rasmussen who just throw heat. And then guys like Suter and Brett Anderson and Lynn Bloom who don't. And so you have all kinds of piggyback options with that. On top of that, with all of the big bullpen guys that the Brewers will start the season with, there will be a number of guys who don't that will be 
an amazing crop to pick from in the minor leagues from your Bobby Walls and your Fire Eisens and your Lowers who will probably start down there all the way down to guys like Aaron Ashby and Ethan Small who Council mentioned might see some time later in the season. So if anything, yeah, it'll be tough uh, having to deal with uh, the starters outside of Woody potentially not going long innings. But man, are we going to get to see some uh, fun strategy as well as some real fun bullpen guys to watch this year. Yeah, for, for sure. And and that really, uh, you, you open up that that minor league shuttle, if you will. Um, maybe maybe this year, and, and I know they changed the rules a little bit last year. Um, and we'll see where they're at with that. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, do you guys know if it's if it's a fifteen day? Um, it's fifteen for if a non injury. Um, I th- I think for pitchers they they send it back fifteen. I, I think hitters is down to ten still. Okay. All right. So yeah. So fifteen days. I mean that council would really love the ten day. And we all know that because then you could piggyback, you know, you could piggyback the maybe a, a, a Drew Rasmussen or someone like that, where he gets, you know, six or seven innings in the span of, you know, nine days or so, and then give him a rest and then send him mm-hmm. down and bring someone back up to do that. So he's going to have to be super creative in, in how he works this. And, but, but I trust, I trust him in that. That and I've always trusted him in that. I, I didn't. Uh, none of us are going to agree 100 percent of the time with some of the moves he make makes, and that's what really, truly, what uh, makes baseball kind of cool to me. And and certainly our jobs and you guys uh, on the site and everything. It it is a pleasure for us to kind of dissect and would I have made that move? No, but more times than not, I trust the dude. And mm-hmm. and I um, it just just let me ask you guys something. I, I've thought this for a while, for for quite uh, quite a few years here, and I've said I've spoken this on the air too. It feels to me now. I got I, I don't have analytics to go on. I got I got a trend to go on, and I got a day to day activity with Craig Council and the knowledge of. But it feels to me like he's going to win a World Series with this organization. It really does. <laughs> it's like that's the that's the ending of the story for him, is it not? Everything would come full circle of, you know, going to Notre Dame, being this, you know, uh, diminutive uh, middle infielder who didn't have a shot in in, in hell to, to make it to fighting his tail off, to getting to the bigs, getting drafted, to being prevalent roles in playoffs and World Series as a player, couple of stints with the Brewers, and then he he comes back to Milwaukee. Some people say to hang him up. Well, that wasn't the case. He uh, special assistant to Doug Melvin. He gets in the broadcast booth uh, with the TV guys for a couple of games. He was checking every angle of every part of this game, front office to the field to the dugout. And it just seems like it's going to come full circle to me. Not maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe it's I'm too much of a brewer lover. That's the way it looks to me. And that's the way it feels. Yeah. I mean, I would certainly love to see it. And I think the the trajectory that that the team is on is going to get him there because, you know, it's all about, you know, you got to get the roster to, to be as, as manager here, trying to get the team to win the world series. I think council has gotten the most out of, roster pretty much every single year except for maybe last year that was really only because no one could hit and that was really 
not entirely on, on Craig, but yeah, that, that certainly seems like a role. And I don't think the Brewers would ever like move on from him as man. He gets that accomplished, you know, h- however it is, I don't know if it'll be, you know, hopefully it won't be, have to be like 20 years down the road or something. Hopefully it's, you know, relatively soon here. Um, but yeah, with, with what they're building, I mean, I, I think you're right there, Tim, the, it just feels like a world series is just brings mm-hmm. the whole Craig council story full circle. Yeah. And I think it helps and too. Bay and the whole yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think it helps too, that he is paired with a GM like David Stearns and an owner like Mark Adonazio, honestly, and they're working together to build uh Towards that World Series, I think it's just an important, just as important having those guys around. It's crazy to think that Stearns has only been here for over just a little over five years, right? You know, so he's still finding his way in terms of building that, just putting together that perfect combination of players, considering that the Brewers are a mid-market team. And you have your limited resources. And but he, so he's still finding his way. Council's still finding his way a little bit. And yeah, I agree. It just it feels like at some point um, between Council's managerial style and how Stearns has been building this team, putting together the core that they have now, and then each year kind of going through the trial and error process to see what fits. At some point, there's going to be that year where it just clicks. We thought 2018 was that year, and honestly, it could have been. It just didn't go our way. Um, but one of these years, that right, perfect combination is going to come together, and that'll be that'll be it. That'll be the end of the story that you mentioned. Yeah, and it, it's super interesting that you know Whitefish Bay native and his dad worked for the team. It just all fits, doesn't it? It just mm-hmm. all sort mm-hmm. of just kind of rolls into this, this story that you're going to see, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little special on a hometown heroes type of thing. And you guys are going to be writing about it on, on the site. And you guys, you know, we get uh, Craig council on the show and or on, on your podcast and, and talk about it and the whole deal. And it just, I mean, I, I can't wait. And, you know, I really appreciate what uh, the brewers found in Stearns. You mentioned uh, Stearns, mm-hmm. Matt, that, um, you know, he's only been here five years, but elevated, elevated to the president status is, you know, a lot of people don't understand that contractually, that was a move that um, was going to keep him here because a mm-hmm. lot of contracts are written in that, you know, you, you can't go to a job that's parallel. You will, we'll let you go interview for another job only elevated above where you're at with us. And so mm-hmm. I, I think they were the, the, the tandem of Matt Arnold to, to kind of be at the hip of Stern. It worked well. And I think it's, it's, it's sure was in the effort to keep a guy that's good at what he does. And also in an effort not to have someone else just bait him out of here with a big market and, and some big names and some big payroll. So I, I love that move and it, and it's kind of flying under the radar here a little bit. And I, you know, at some point, maybe uh, throughout the spring here or early on or mid-season, get to talk to David Stearns about that and congratulate him on that move. Hell, I mean, you can't go much higher than where he's at right now here in Milwaukee. No, you can't. And I, I, mean, I know that uh, 
the Mets were, were one of the teams they've been trying for three years. You know, they, they've been trying to bait them into it, and the Brewers have been blocking it. And they're looking for a, for a president of baseball yeah. ops this year, and they asked for Stearns, and the Brewers are like, no, we're not doing it. Like, like he he was from New York. He grew up a Mets fan, so it's like, oh, yeah, like it would be the perfect spot. The Brewers are like, no, nah, not happening. Mark, Mark Atanasio is not letting uh, Stearns go. Um, and yeah, like you're mentioning there, you know, the, the world series, um, you know, bringing it, you know, full circle and, you know, the, the Jackie Bradley jr. Signing, uh, I think certainly moves them a lot closer to that. And, you know, really, uh, with bringing in like that kind of money, uh, two years, 24 million, there's also a mutual option for a third year, um, it's something where his outfield construction, the Brewers kind of have a lot of flexibility with it for the next couple of years because they have an option on Garcia and then they've got the opt out there with Bradley and then another possible option for him. Uh, then Kane is up in two years. So there's really kind of a lot of uh, change around it or a lot of potential uh, possibilities really that the Brewers could go uh, with this outfield, which has clearly been a core part of David Stearns' philosophy. Pretty much ever since he's gotten to Milwaukee, it's been all about nonstop hoarding outfielders. First it was prospects. Now it's hoarding established big league outfielders because really kind of none of his other prospects have panned out, which is kind of weird. But yeah, it's really kind of been the the core part of their thing. And and that's the key. You you mentioned it right there. And, And it's just, they're doing all this and having the success. Uh, not only as a team, but in that outfield without the help of their minor league system. And, hey, you, you know, sometimes you're going to hit and sometimes you're not. We, we all understand that. But, oh, yeah. boy, give them one. You know, give, give, <laughs> give them one to work to infiltrate or filter in with these other guys. I mean, it would have been nice. Now, they may have missed, uh, and, and David Stearns is first to admit when, hey, it didn't work out. The Jonathan Scope deal is, is one yeah. that he has – fully admitted my bad i mean that that clearly didn't work out the trent grisham trade and and you know the the grisham and and zach davies deal lauer and and urias you know we'll see we're we're gonna have to wait and see but it's not you know honestly guys you guys know this not looking good no um Mm -mm. but you know maybe maybe Corey ray is a late bloomer uh, you know, uh, Garrett Mitchell is still a few years away. Uh, and in terms of prospects, there's a Hedbert P- Perez. And yes, mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, oh, it, it would have been nice if one of these other guys hit. Yeah. I, oh, man. I, I'm like leading the Hedbert Perez hype train. <laughs> I love that kid so much. He is one of the most beautiful swings I have ever seen. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you mentioned him, Tim. I love Hedbert Perez. Um, and I love Gary Mitchell too. I mean, that, that kid's coming into camp. He's raking in spring training. He's got like three or four hits. Yeah. Uh, everything's like a hundred mile an hour exit velocity. Like that, that kid's a stud uh, in my opinion. Well, and the game's getting younger too, folks. I mean, that, that, that's just it, that and you're going to start leaning on some of these younger guys. You can say what you want about the service time, you know, issues that baseball has, but, uh, it's starting to lean a little bit toward the younger player. And at some point, you know, it, it's going to be time. Uh, and, and let's say that it is time to, and you, you've got a stutter too in the minor leagues. 
where normally a Milwaukee-sized market baseball team would still kind of suppress a little bit and hold it back just a little bit. Let's be patient and be patient. There may come a time, uh, and, and Dave, you might be right in that, it might be a, a Hedbert Perez, and it, and, and it might be a, a Garrett Mitchell, where they go to way earlier than they think or than, than they thought, and it might be the missing link. But it's just, you know, again, just minor leagues as a whole. I love what they've done with the pitching uh, the past several years. Uh, that's obvious. Whether it's in the organization uh, as, as draftees or outside in the case of, you know, Hayter and Hauser and these guys. But, you know, um, Lucas Ersig and what are we going to see out of Tristan Lutz and Bryce Terang? And it just seems Corey Rays, as I said, Seems like they're always waiting for the position players now where before, you know, years ago it was reversed. We, mm -hmm. Man, we were just rolling in Prince Fielders and Ryan Bronze and <laughs> Hardys and Hearts and Halls and, you know, all these guys coming up. But we had no pitching at that time. Now it seems like it's reversed. Let's let's get these these two to kind of kind of filter together here. It, it does feel a little bit like the prospect tide is starting to turn for the Brewers a little bit you know it kind of started with Hira and how that was one of our first you know big first round draft picks that really hit in a while but uh Terang starting to look the part um Ethan Small again was already talked about um the fact that he may contribute this year and Garrett Mitchell is just starting to look like a stud I know our farm system doesn't rank very high you know, in overall rankings amongst a lot of these prospect sites that you see. Um, but I think that speaks more to the fact that a lot of the Brewers top end talent just isn't quite major league ready. Whereas you have a lot of these others, you know, like the Rays and whatnot, who have multiple guys who could just jump up from the minor leagues and contribute this year. Um, it does feel like things are getting a little bit better than we've been used to experiencing in terms of the draft and prospects in the early 2010s. And it's, we're going to start seeing some of these guys over the next few years. And that'll help the brewers when it comes to constructing teams of the future, because prospects don't need to be paid a whole lot. And that allows you to then spend the money elsewhere. And so, you know, this will work out in a number of ways, but it, it, it just is starting to feel a little bit like, Hey, maybe, okay, maybe the Brewers are starting to hit on their drafts and we're going to see that over the next couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, that it, it does feel like, like it is turning the corner, but you know, just imagine, you know, sometimes it's the deals you don't make and, and you're forced to make as well. And, and maybe mm -hmm. they're forced to make a, a signing like Jackie Bradley Jr. because they traded Grisham or because Tyrone Taylor isn't ready or, or because Corey Ray isn't ready. So Sometimes those things happen for a reason and, and we'll see, but I feel better, you know, after this past draft guys, than I have in a long mm -hmm. time about the position group. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, as, as you kind of mentioned there, Ray and, and Taylor, if the Brewers were comfortable with those guys, they wouldn't have gone out to get McKinney. They wouldn't have gone out to get Lopes. They wouldn't have gone out to get Fisher. And then they wouldn't have gotten to get Jackie Bradley if they were comfortable with any of those guys. So I I don't think they believe in, in Corey Ray much anymore. And yeah, a lot of those hitting prospects, as you mentioned, Tim, have really just kind of faltered. Like they're just kind of 
stalling out in, in double A AA and triple A. And, you know, perhaps that's where the, the new hitting coordinator, Sarah Goodrum comes in to, you know, maybe help them find something and, and get them to, to turning things around. But yeah, that, that hitting group really kind of, you know, struggled. And that's why they went all college hitters in, in the 2020 draft with, you know, stocking up in that group. Whereas in 2019, they stocked up on left-handed pitching because they had been avoiding that for years. And I'd been beating that drum for like two or three years. Like, Hey, let's get more left-handed pitching in this, in this organization here. And they, they finally listened to me. I, I think, I think Stearns read my article and was like, you know what? He's right. We should do that. <laughs> right. Hey, why, why not? They, what, what was Suter? A 31st rounder? I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Suter was a 31st rounder and he was one of like, three lefties that were in the entire organization like like that was it, it was Suter, it was hater and it was some guy in double a that wasn't even considered a prospect yeah i think was jed bradley a lefty i mean was... um yeah but I, th- I think he had already been gone and yeah he stalled okay. out at, at that point because he was drafting like what 2011 like yeah. and they had cody medeiros um who also kind of stalled out didn't really do much and they drafted medeiros right ahead of trey turner and it's like well this could have solved the, the shortstop issue but right. <laughs> yeah. so speaking of which i mean I, i'm getting a little feedback with the people not liking orlando arcia and i think maybe the expectations might have been uh too high we've seen enough of orlando arcia that we don't look at him as the sixth overall prospect in baseball anymore do we or do some fans still do that i mean some might there are a lot of orlando arcia fan accounts on twitter um that that really love him but i I think those are maybe a bit more centered on his personality and not as much as his hitting ability i like him and i think he'll start this year i do I, i know they're getting a look at urias who I do like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think his his minor league numbers speak for themselves, and 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 they're good, they're they're decent. So that some of that has to translate up, doesn't it? I mean, it just does. It, I mean, you mm-hmm. you hit that well in the minors. Uh, it, it it some form of that has to. We have to see some of that, and I think that's what they're getting to look at this year. But let's go around the diamond, boys. Come on. Um, <laughs> Uh, we got Keston Hira, who had a rough one uh, at, at uh, this taping, had a rough one earlier today, mm-hmm. um, a, co- a couple of E's. But, uh, you know, Keston's good. We're going to have to deal with that trip to Hollywood occasionally uh, while he learns first base. But Colton Wong at second base for the sake of the conversation. It's Orlando Arcia at short. Travis Shaw, I think, wins that job. Omar Narvaez, I put him in the same camp as Avi Garcia as he is a far better player than Brewers fans realize after watching mm-hmm. last year. So Omar is going to catch Avi in right, Yelly in left, and let's go on the pending health of Lorenzo Kane, where mm-hmm. he's going to start in center. Bradley coming off the bench. What do you think? Woody on the bump. I love Ooh, it. That's that's a win for me. I'm also getting a little nostalgic. This just feels to me like you're you're reading off the pregame lineup for uh, uh, the Brewers game tonight. And, oh, it's getting me uh, amped for the season here. That was, that was beautiful. I, I just, I just love it. And, you know, David Stearns builds a, builds a, a roster for opening day. He doesn't build a roster for, for middle of cactus league play here. So we have to have, you know, throw that caveat out there that, you know, there may be a, a move left in them guys that there just mm-hmm. might be because, 
you know, the, the financial world of what's going on. Um, we're seeing, you know, pitchers now, I think, are starting to be held as a premium. I'm not sure that, you know, anyone's going to launch um, one of those pitchers at the tail end of, of spring camp this year where, you know, they, they had picked up a Jared Hughes in years past and, and one of those types of, of pitchers. I'm not I'm not sure that's going to be in abundance this year because of these uh, these innings battles and challenges. Uh, but I wouldn't rule anything out with David Stearns. I mean, I, there, there could be something up his sleeve here. Yeah, and Jeremy Jeffress is back out on the <clears throat> Perhaps that's a possibility. Well, it's interesting that, you know, we all know that uh, the history of, of JJ and, mm-hmm. and, you know, in some regard, uh, uh, we all should understand uh, the challenges that, that he has had. Maybe there's some been some mistakes along the way, um, as, as uh, it will happen with a lot of us. But I, I'm just curious as to unspecified personnel reason. I, I've never heard that mm-hmm. before. With, with someone being released less than two weeks after being signed. So there's a little something there, guys. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to dig around for dirt or anything and, and, and get on anybody for anything, but hey, uh, there's something there. And if anyone, he's had his, his success here. If, if, if anyone can turn things around a little bit, it's, it's more of a familiar family. And I think there might be a comfort zone. I wouldn't rule out JJ coming back here. Had a nice year and a short year last year, buck and mm-hmm. a half ERA mm-hmm. and his appearances, bunch of saves. So it's not that it physically couldn't help the team, but you know, you wonder about that. So let's cross our fingers. Maybe he's a late ad. I, I mean, I take it. Like you said, there's certain guys <laughs> who just, uh, flourish in a certain environment, you know, and for, and Milwaukee seems to be that type of place for him. And so, you know, if it comes to, of all the arms we're shuffling back and forth out of the bullpen, they decide late that they still need to add one. Um, hey, why not? He seems maybe. to do well here, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I was rooting against him last year. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to have to do that for Eric Sogard because now he signed a, mm-hmm. a deal with the Cubs. And, and Davies. Uh, and Davies. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. Killing me. Uh, I know. It's the worst. Um, all right. So th- there's been uh, – we've had spring training games going on for about a week and a half now. It- it's probably super unfortunate for you, Tim, because – your your show, Rami and Tim, is on while the Brewer game is on. So you you're trying to like you know simultaneously do the show while while keep up with the game. That that's that's had to be tough, man. Yeah, it, it's a little more on the challenging side, and I, I've I've done it before on a on a a game or two over the years. So, you know, filling in for for Michaels uh, kind of crossed over into part of the Brewer game. You know, uh, you know, Michaels show ran from until two o'clock and I'd be filling in for him. And, you know, that from one to two, I, I couldn't watch it and, and follow it as much as I, I would have liked. And occasionally filling in in the afternoon. Well, now the landscape is all different now. And <laughs> You know, so, um, I, you know, I, I hadn't really put a thanks for p- planting that seed here. I'm going to have to address that. I'm <laughs> putting that off for a while. But I, but I wonder, you know, in, in, in these Cactus League games, the, the TV games uh, frequently or, you know, it's not uncommon. They replay it at night. And uh, last night I was watching and, and just kind of, 
you know, doing my brewers, studying and loving and really having some fun with it, uh, with a, with a bowl of popcorn or whatever, but that's not going to be the case in the regular season. So I'll say it's a, a noon start. I mean, that game is going to get done at three. I'll be an hour into the afternoon show or, you know, maybe a one o'clock in, in, in a lot of cases, a one o'clock start. Well, man, that, you know, that game's going to end at three thirty or four, four thirty even. That's, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe a little earpiece in my ear listening to you or something. <laughs> then you'll be well positioned to give us all perfect analysis of the game. <laughs> there right. you go. Yes. No, well, you'll just hear a lot of groans and cheers. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of, right of Rami's point. Yeah. It's but like Rami, we'll Rami, just keep just keep on going for a little bit. Something's, something's going on. <laughs> right. Come on. It's a 2-2 pitch to hero with the bases juice. Game on the line. Are you kidding? Yeah. And then you got to get a Heffelfinger over or Heffel Drafter or whatever names that you come up with them. <laughs> just be like, you guys just talk. I'm a little busy over here. And, you know, and they would do it. They would they would cover it. But we really, gosh, I, I got to be honest. I, I don't think it's come up yet. Like in an official professional broadcast or what are we going to do capacity? I think, I think um, at some point we're going to have to say, hey, what do we want to do here? Now, I'm a team player, but if, if I got to choose, now I don't think this is breaking news. If I have to choose, I'm going Brewers post game, and that's that. So you can you can you can take the other one and pound sand with it for a while because I want to go Brewers, and you know, guys, it really is. Um, as and, and I know you guys over the years, just you can tell you love this baseball team, and I've always said on the air that. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan first, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. and and I'm a broadcaster second when it comes to the Brewers, and been doing broadcasting a million years. But I am a fan first. If you if you want X's and O's, well then, you know, log on to a, a Matrix site or something. You know, uh, whatever you want to do. But I I I would I would do this show for far less money, and I've said that, and the, the bosses have have heard that before, but. Uh, it's just something that I will look back on and and say that, you know, I had a blast covering a team I would cover anyway in my living room. I mean, I would, I would call my buddies prior to getting this show. I would call my Sparky and I would would talk many many years ago. Uh, we'd be on the phone doing the doing the post game show. Ten years before the post game show even started. I mean, it was it was in the mid '90s where we call each other on the phone and say, "Did you see that? Are you kidding me? You saw what Jeff Jenkins did or whatever." I'm really privileged and grateful to to do this show, and and I mean that. And um, you know, radio can be a crappy job at times, and there's a lot of a lot of uh, knuckleheads in it. But when it comes to the Brewer stuff, and I may be one of those knuckleheads when it comes to the other shows, not with the Brewer. <laughs> Now with the Brewer Show, I'm just me. I'm I'm going to be me, and hopefully I can continue that until, as Uke says, they just they just take me out in the bag, and and that'd be fine. I'd be I'd be good with that. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. at least got to make it to that championship season. That's what might do the trick. That's yeah. right. That's what might do the job. That and the cigarettes I smoke. Come on. Guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. The the Brewers going. Mitch, you can take me. I don't care anymore. Keep me on, keep, take me off, whatever. But as long as we got the Brewers winning, I'm fine. 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a pleasure. And and Gasper, wasn't it you that used to do the? And maybe you still do. Do you do the um, this day in Brewer history? Who was doing that for a while? That wasn't me. Um, I'm not sure who that was. Is that Chris um, Zanto, Zantow, or whatever? Zan, Zan, Does that name know. sound familiar? I'm not sure, but I, you know, I stole a lot of material from that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to give me credit for it, sure. But okay, you get the you get the credit for it. Right. But, uh, I, I want to get you guys on the show too. I'll reciprocate and and, and uh, give a quick call to you guys on a given night and yep. get your spin on a given game, or you know, maybe a series or. You know, whatever's appropriate, a homestand, or maybe there's a player move down the line that uh, you guys can chime in with. Sound good? Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Anytime, man. Yeah, nice. Nice. Um, so just, just kind of a, a couple other things with uh, spring training kind of wanted to talk about uh, here. So there have been um, – I got a couple of, of questions here, just kind of going on around the horn here. Of, of all the guys that we've seen so far, who has surprised you the most so far in spring training? Tim, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with I'm a little torn between uh, Garcia and Narvaez, that they seem to be on a prove-it kind of mission, it seems to me. I think, I think uh, you're seeing a little better contact way earlier. Now, now again, spring and, and Cactus League games can get – get sideways on you and you put up a 13, seven win, but um, they seem to be a little more consistent uh, with, with ball to barrel a little bit. That is good. You're seeing Christian Yelich play a little bit earlier than I thought he would. Uh, so that's a little surprising on, on the pitching side. You know, it's, it's tough to gauge because it's, it's almost like they always have an excuse. So you never really know if, if it was just not their day or, you know, most times it's, ah, I was working on the slider or I was working on, you know, I was working on a, a, you know, a third change or four. Yeah. yeah. The change. Every, up. Everyone works on a change up in spring training. <laughs> and then it goes away. They never use it. Josh. Come on. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think those two guys, and maybe it's because I'm rooting for him a little bit more, but you have an outfield assist out of, out of Garcia. He's trimmed down quite a bit, guys. Mm-hmm. And so those two uh, elements, Narvaez made a, an amazing play to stop a wild pitch last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should say yesterday. I was watching it last night. But uh, those two guys uh, would, would be at the top of my list. Yeah, I think uh, Garcia is an easy, uh, definitely an easy one to go with. Um, he, I, it's surprising just how fast he's kind of jumped out, even though he was one of those classic best shape of my life candidates um, mm-hmm. that they pointed to early. Um, I, I guess to go to dig a little deep, I'd go with uh, Pablo Reyes. Um, has been a fun surprise. Did I just take yours, David? You, you kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's been, man, he's, that dude's been mashing. And um, he, they were mentioning, I think Will Salmon for the athletic was uh, mentioning today. That he's kind of worked his way up the, uh, the depth chart there of some of the backup infielders with Matthias now uh, being a little dinged up um, and whatnot. So he's been a pleasant surprise on the pitching side. I hope I don't steal yours again. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Ashby. Um, just seriously. <laughs> um, Come on, like, man. <laughs> I don't think I didn't expect him to dominate this early, like just the strikeout King. 
I thought he'd have at least a little bit of an adjustment here in spring training and dude has just been fire. Absolutely. And so when they were talking early about him and small potentially contributing late, um, I just thought of that as uh, like, okay, because they'll probably just need to, you know, dig deep for some extra arms. No, it's because he might be legit right now. So sorry, David. Uh, I should have gone first. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I should be. Yeah. I mean, Avisil Garcia is hitting like 500. Pablo Reyes uh, hitting extremely well. Uh, and Aaron Ashby, yeah, I love that dude. Left-handed, uh, friend of the podcast, Aaron Ashby, uh, having him on. And, um, yeah, he's been he's been lighting it up. So uh, perhaps it is the, the cold brew podcast blessing. Um, after coming on the pod, uh, then, then just go on and, and strike out everybody, end up on no, pitching. No, it, it, it is, it is the, the cold brew podcast blessing. It is. Because one of the worst things get, that can happen to you guys is after someone is on your podcast or on the show, has a rough one, and mm-hmm. word starts getting out that day, <laughs> you know, I went over my next 11 after being interviewed by Tim. You, I, I would stay away from that, dude. You don't want that out. We've had great luck. We And like you guys, we've mm. had great luck, too. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's certainly a blessing for for everyone involved, for Ashby, for us, for fans, for for everyone. <laughs> you uh, just keep it, that love going, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, and hopefully uh, we can keep that up uh, next week when when we have uh, Hayden Cantrell on the podcast. So that'll be uh, good as well. Maybe he can have a, a fairly strong season. Uh, so go. we got that to look forward to, uh, also. So on the flip side, then of of who has surprised the most in spring training. Uh, which player has disappointed you the most in spring training? Yeah, it's 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 like I said, it's it's tough to tell a little bit, but man, Eric Lauer, I just mm-hmm. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with him. And and oftentimes when a guy is is struggling a little bit, it, it may mean an injury somewhere in there, but it it may be, you know, between the ears too. And and you know, he had a rough go last year. And and you're talking about a a, a kid that you know, really has had success in the big leagues. He's quite honestly, you know, opening day starter for, for a major league baseball team. And that's, that's, that's on his resume guys. And it's, you know, even the body language uh, of his game the other day was just, it was like he was beaten a little bit. And I, I think maybe a little, a little time off, a little clear your head, maybe have a couple of beers and, you know, <laughs> clear things up a little bit uh, might help him. But that, that would be the guy because I really believe they need him. And that's why, uh, Matt, you mentioned, you mentioned Ethan Small. That's who they want Eric Lauer to be. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the guy that they expect him to be. Now, I'm not saying he, he can't. But he's got a lot of work to do, but he, he'd be at the top of the list there. Now, with Hayter's outing, I would put him there. I don't know what's going on, working on a changeup, as you said, Dave. But, you know, um, defensively, Keston Hira, I, I don't judge him at all. It's a new position. I don't think there was a snowball's chance in his mind when he was playing out in California and the Brewers drafted him and he had any thoughts of playing first base. I mean, that, that I don't think was in his, his mental cards here. So we got to give him a little pass. Yeah. I think for, I mean, for here, there's going to be growing pains. He had never played there before, not even in T-ball, you know, all, all grown up. He had never played first base and, 
if Ron Washington in Moneyball had taught us anything, it's that playing first base is incredibly hard. Um, that, that, that's the one thing that we all know. Um, and yeah, he's had some growing pains and he had a throwing error earlier today. And I'm just like, you can't even avoid the, the throwing issues over at first. You put him there so he doesn't have to throw and he still has to throw. But yeah, um, certainly been kind of tough with him. Orlando Arcia has also kind of had a tough adjustment over at third base. Uh, he had like three errors over there the other day and just like misplaying ground balls that just pop out of his glove that are pretty routine um, that, that he was missing. That's been a huge adjustment for him. He's had his own growing pains. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lauer's also kind of been a disappointment. And Jordan Zimmerman was a guy I was kind of excited for uh, as well. That hasn't re- did I just take yours, Matt, over there? No, no, not at all. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I just had to make sure mine weren't mine weren't taken again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, but, but yeah, like Zimmerman in his uh, couple of outings, he's been rocked around a little bit. And I was really kind of thinking, you know, okay, he's back with the hometown team, the, the team he grew up rooting for. Maybe he'd be able to find something. But so far in the early going of camp, Zimmerman hasn't been able to find it. No, and it's it's unfortunate. And that, that's a little bit of a long shot gamble. I'm with you mm-hmm. that maybe maybe – Maybe uh, he would be able to find it. And I think there was an outing, what was it, last year? I think he had one or two, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And said he felt good about that. And, you know, but I know the organization probably looked at him as, hey, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, you know, at least he, he was in a Brewers uniform and he, you know, he mm-hmm. can go on that route. He believes he can do it. And I've heard him uh, speak on multiple platforms here uh, as of late that says, oh, no, if not here, I, you know, I can do it somewhere. So he seems very confident. It might be a wait and see kind of thing. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe because he is coming off, you know, some really struggling times as well as the injury. But uh, let's give it a little more time. Yeah, and he's on a minor league deal. So, you know, we've got time with him to, you know, see if maybe something does gel a little bit here for him. Um, for me, and it's not so much for his play, but for his lack thereof, um, Luis Urias, we want, I want to see him get a chance to play and see if he can officially win that shortstop job. I know that's what the Brewers want. They've said as much, um, but the poor guy just cannot catch a break before the season start. Last year, he uh, had the two issues. He had the broken hammock bone and then before uh, at the beginning of spring training and then the COVID case at the beginning of summer camp. Now he's coming into here, you know, healthy and he ends up uh, coming up lame. It sounds like it's a minor injury, but it's still kind of delayed his progress to show what he's got. Um, And I think he's one of those guys speaking to what you were talking about before Tim to, he wants to show, or we want to see that, he can translate those minor league numbers to major league numbers. I think he needs regular playing time to show whether or not he has the ability to do that. And this is just another little roadblock for him. Hopefully just a minor one. It's spring training guys get dinged up when they're, as they're trying to get stretched out for the regular season. But, you know, I was really looking forward to see if he could, you know, kind of catch some momentum in spring training here and then ride that into the season and see what he can really do. And unfortunately, he's just kind of stalled out again for a little bit. Well, that's where the depth comes in. And <laughs> so that's what Craig Collins is going to tell you. Stern's going to tell you that that's why the depth comes in here. But right on the money, we, we got to find out. 
and, and it's just too bad. And some players just have the worst luck. I mean, they just do. And that's baseball. That's that's part of it is, is, is kind of guiding your way through a, an obstacle course of everything that could happen. And some guys are just golden. They, they, they mm -hmm. don't run across even a tweak of a hamstring. The guys that pitch, you know, 15 years in the big leagues. Shoot, my arms never hurt. I've never had surgery. I've never had anything. But other guys, you know, they're 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 slipping and falling on a, on a, a, a icy uh, patch at, at their house to playing winter ball, and and some you know some wild right hander is comes a little inside and hits hits your wrist or whatever, and it's just too bad. It's it mm -hmm. really is, but it's part of the game, and it, and it's part mm -hmm. of what happens. And that's why Craig Council will teach you. He'll tell you, expect the surprises. Don't know what shape they're going to be in. They could be good surprises. They could be bad surprises, but expect them. And this is, this is again, one of them for Urias. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to get Urias on the uh, cold brew podcast here so we can get the, <laughs> the little good luck blessing from here. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Yes. Give, give him a clean <laughs> bill of health. Will you please? Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe next time he tries to give a Gatorade bath, he doesn't slip and fall on the on deck circle. People around. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite gifts to use of all time. Just, just take the video of him dumping the Gatorade and just falling face first oh. uh, in front of Sogard. That was that was probably one of the top moments of, of the season last year. Um, but yeah, it, it's just been so much tough luck for for Urias, and you know it, it's really kind of tough to see. And it's like it, it almost seems like Orlando Arcee is like getting all that good luck to keep the shortstop job because you know. Urias is, is finally there to challenge him, and then he misses time, and then misses more time, and now he's got this. Sogard it's just... didn't work out. I think Sogard, yeah. the intent maybe a little bit was to kind of challenge him a little bit. Yeah, that Saladino, worked. yeah. All those guys that they brought in, and it's like they're not really much of a challenge, but they're kind of a challenge. And now Urias was like the legit challenge, and then he's just always getting hurt or something. And Orlando Arcia has just got some some voodoo magic to to keep the starting shortstop job. You're right. You're right. But I, I mean, we could be in a worse spot. I, I you know I don't yeah. mind Orlando Arcia. I, I really don't. I I don't dislike his play. It's it's all about what you want out of that position, and what you get is decent. Uh, at the very least, it, it is decent. It might not be great, mm -hmm. but it's decent. Yeah, it, you certainly could do a lot. You could do better, but you also could do a lot worse at that position, sure. to be sure. Um, one, one other thing here, which prospect are you most excited for, uh, at, at spring training here with the one that you're most excited to, to see in games? Oh man. Um, I know so many prospects. Gosh, it's, I'm rooting for a Corey Ray. I really am, mm -hmm. but I don't know if that excites me at all. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Right. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's, he's, he really is. Have you guys had him on? Because I'll tell you what. We have not. No. Please do an effort to, to get him on. He's we, we will try. He's so <laughs> respectful, and he's just a great guy. You want to root for that guy. I don't care what walk of life you come from. You are going when, – when, you, when you're done talking to Corey Ray, you are a Corey Ray fan. And I will mm -hmm. promise you that. It doesn't matter. So, you know, there's a guy I'm rooting for, but – in terms of excitement, you know, I've said it for years. Give me a position guy that comes out of the chute and never, ever, ever looks back. You never, there is never any consideration of options. 
There's never any consideration of does he make the team? It just, he never, ever looks back. So could that guy be sort of an Ethan Small? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of left-handers. I am. Me too. Um, I, you know, my son pitched uh, at, at NIU and as a left-handed pitcher. And, and it's just, you know, he faced a common opponent that Ethan Small did. Um, and they were jerks. And so they have this, this bond. I, I feel <laughs> like they're bonded. Um, and, and, and Ethan, I have yet to talk to him about that, but I will. But I think there's a guy right there that I would love to see never look back. He just, like, correct me if I'm wrong. He's 24 years old, right? I think so. It sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I believe yeah, he's 23, 24. He's mature and old enough, guys, mm-hmm. to never look back. So if maybe they catch that guy where things happen, maybe it's, um, an injury, maybe it's a, it's a lack of production for a Lindblom or a Brett Anderson or an injury or something like that. And certainly you guys know, I'm not wishing that, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Ethan small number one pick, I think a one, two, three punch, four punch with, with some common ground with Brandon Woodruff. Mm -hmm. There's, there's my target right there. Love it. Um, David, I think, you know who I'm going to say. You know who I'm going to say. You know my guy, Mario I, Feliciano. I know your guy. Mario yeah. Feliciano. Oh, I've, oh, I've had a lot of fun watching him so far. First two hits of the spring training are doubles. Um, one was uh, that one, or no? I'm sorry, he has two triples. Not where, where yeah. am I going with this? Two triples, <laughs> a catcher, um, and one of them was lost in the sun. Yeah, that's all right. We'll we'll forget about that. Um, but he has definitely looked the part. Um, we've seen him kind of catching some tips from Manny Pena um here during spring training that was awesome i just i i love thinking of a righty lefty tandem of feliciano and narvaez in the near future oh that is something that is the type of catching firepower that potential catching firepower that a lot of teams would only dream of so i i've loved seeing him um come out swinging for lack of a better term um especially considering his last experience was just a tiny little stint at double a at the end of the 2019 season. So, you know, it was his, this has been his chance to show that his one breakout season wasn't, you know, just a fluke or anything like that. He's looks like the real deal. And so I've been super excited to see that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, and, and I know the organization's high on him too. So, you know, mm-hmm. whether Manny Pena is, is your answer, maybe he might be sort of that lifetime backup. Um, but you know, who knows how long Narvaez is going to, is going to mm-hmm. stick. So at some point they're going to have to replace that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you, you guys have left me so many good, good prospects on the, on the board. Like it's, I feel like it's draft mockery at, at 445 on the round. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, it's like, oh man, who do go with? Do I go with the number one overall guy, Garrett Mitchell? Do I go with uh, Hedbert Perez, probably the, the five um, that, that I'm certainly very high on? But I think the guy that I've really kind of been super excited to see uh, a lot more often than thing is playing. Uh, he's he got to start at shortstop. He, he's had a couple starts at shortstop. He's looked smooth over there defensively. Uh, he, had, he had a big home run the other day, and he's really kind of starting to tap into that power. Adam McKelvey had an article uh, with, with him 
um, earlier today or yesterday or something about, about Terang tapping into his power. And if he does tap into that with, with his approach and, and everything else, he could be a stud shortstop going forward. He can stick at the position. He's got a great hit tool. He, he's still super young. I think he's just 20 years old and super young, can hit, and if he's got the power as well and, and can stick at shortstop, I mean, there is a lot to be excited about with him. So seeing him more often uh, this spring uh, has really been been huge. So I'm going with Bryce Terang. Yeah, nice, nice pick. And, and I think you're right. He's young enough to where you know, all this experience with these younger guys, and, and that was what was unfortunate about Garrett Mitchell too, that you know he didn't get that opportunity. It was alternative site, but it mm-hmm. was – it really made some of these players a little uncomfortable, but you know, now that they can get these guys into some games, now the minor league seasons have been shifted a little bit, but you know, as I said before, the game is skewing younger. That's, that's a good sign for Terang. I'm going to take credit for a little reverse jinx on Bryce Terang because I had just done our sites uh, top 15 prospects list. And in my write-up about Bryce Terang, I believe I specifically used the phrase probably won't develop much power and then he sure showed me up by popping a nicely impressive homer the other day so um i apologize bryce terang now you guys mentioned draft mockery here's what i want you guys to do you don't need to do a one through 32 mock draft but i tell you what you you emailed me a mock draft one through five and then number 29 for the pack and i'll do I'll do an NFL mock draft with reviewing the brew. All right. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rami will get a kick out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I can't wait. That's certainly like my favorite segment every single day on that, Mm -hmm. following it up. Um, Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll definitely have to send you an – an NFL mock draft or a... This would be an NFL mock yeah. draft. Yes. One through okay. five and then 29 for Green Bay. So should be pretty easy. Just throw a few names on there. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure we have Penay Suel at five. Uh, <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is number one. So those, those oh, two yeah. are locked in. But yeah. two, three, and four, you guys, you guys, yeah. yeah, maybe throw a brewer in there. I don't know, but just yeah. Yeah, we'll have some fun with it. With, with the second overall pick, Alec Bettinger. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dylan File. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. All right. Uh, one, one last thing. Do you think Ryan Brown will come back at some point this year? You know, uh, when I heard Christian Yelich when camp opened say that, you know, right now that's not in the cards um, at this point or whatever his, his, his comment mm-hmm. was, it's sort of, you know, we read into things like that. And uh, I thought, you know, this team is in the running. Um, I, I could see it. And, and I'm not going to rule that all the way out guys. I, I won't because he, he, well, for the lack of another term can play a little first base. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There might be some interleague action there. There could be an injury and maybe if he stays in shape, uh, COVID clears, he's a, he's, he's a guy that really keeps his eye on that. Um, so uh, I, I could, I could see that, but the brewers would have to be, in it like legit in it like not just well, they're only four games out here 
they're eight games up. They're six games up. They're really looking good in, say, mid to late June. We're about the halfway mark, heading toward the all-star break. I could see him contemplating that, and I would love to see it, if, if not to help the team out, which, which would be the first and foremost, but just the way he could go out of his career as a brewer. And, mm-hmm. and just to, for the fanfare, because by then I, I'm just assuming there'll be you know, pretty much a three-quarter full house by, by August or September. Um, just to see Ronnie go off and to, to have counts pull him out of right field or left field, whatever he might be playing that day, and, and have us go crazy as, as fans at uh, American Family Field, I would really like that, despite his, you know, bumps in the road. And we all know he's had that. Uh, to see him go out like that, I, I, th- I think is fair. He's, he's one of the all-time best brewers, let's face it. He, he just is. And whether he made some mistakes or not, uh, you know, he's been good to me on a personal note. Uh, I've been fair with him, I backed him. And as a fan, I would like to give him a send-off. I would. And for that reason, secondly, first to help the team win a world series or at least get as far as you can, (laughs) but to see him him go out that way, I'm not going to rule that out because we know Ryan, we know Ryan Braun. He likes Ryan Braun. We we like Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun likes Ryan Braun. That's okay. (laughs) That's what makes them. That's what makes superstars good. That's the, the, the ego and the swagger and the confidence. It's okay to admit it, but he would like that too. And so would I. And so I think most Brewer fans would as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a professional athlete. He's a competitor. You know, he's got to have been disappointed that at this point, his career has ended with, you know, kind of a banged up final season and not being able to finish out that series against the Dodgers. It, look, if Rob Gronkowski can come back out of retirement <laughs> and ride back off into the sunset into That's another right. Super Bowl, yeah. uh, Braun could do it too. I think I absolutely agree. It would have to be a situation where the Brewers are putting forth an incredible season and it looks like they have as good a chance as any to kind of make a run for the world series. If that happens, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out either. Probably like you said, an injury or two that have to happen along the way. Um, but Maybe. just in terms of would he do it in general? Yeah, I think he would. Dave, what do you think? Oh yeah. I, I definitely think he would when uh, his wife posted on Instagram. It's like, Oh yeah. Ryan's not going to spring. Ryan, Ryan's not leaving for baseball season. At least for now. I'm like, mm, I, I think he might be coming back. And then Trevor Plouffe had on a, on his podcast or something that he had been like talking to Ryan and he had mentioned, you know, ju- you know, around July, he could end up coming back and, and, and things like that. So I, I think it's certainly possible. I, I think he deserves a send off. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. think with what he's done for the organization, the, the 14 years that he has been in the big leagues with the Brewers has been the most successful 14 year stretch in franchise history. And, and that is without question. And, and he has been the centerpiece of pretty much all of that. So he deserves a, a final send off. Like you mentioned, Tim, you know, whatever his faults, his mistakes earlier uh, with what he's done for the city and, and really kind of being a superstar 
at his height and deciding to stay, deciding to sign with the Brewers, the, the long-term extensions and stick around. And being instrumental in why Christian Yelich is here. I think mm-hmm. that was one of, if not the biggest factor. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Ryan Braun was at that same kind of level. He decided to stay. And because he was still here, he was sticking around. He had taught, he had told Yelich about it and Yelch decided to stay too. And, and keeping Braun, having him there, like you said, Tim, I think it's a big part of that. I think, I think you're right on there. So, you know, that, that's where he really kind of deserves that, that send off the, the 40,000 fans at uh, the stadium formerly known as Miller park, you know, giving him the, the standing ovation and a final wave to the crowd. Cause he left unceremoniously in game one there against the Dodgers and didn't play it all in game two. I don't think he's comfortable having his career end that way. So I, I, th- I could totally see him coming back. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, uh, yeah, I, I was a little surprised in that Craig Council at least did, just didn't put him in the on-deck circle and then pull him back. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> at least there would have been something, some sort of photo op or, or, or opportunity there to say, oh, is this the last and take some photos and, you know, we, we'd see the video or whatever. But, hey, you know, stranger things have happened. As you said, Gronk, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just never know. I, I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good spot to uh, wrap up this week. He is the franchise. He is Tim Allen. Tim, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on the pod here uh, and talking to us. And and we, re- we really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate it too. And and anytime, anytime, let's let's do it again. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, uh, we'll get your thoughts on, on the air as well as, as we move into the season. But a pleasure, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Th- thank you so much, man. We'll, we'll have our people get in contact with your people. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll get that all squared away. There you yeah. go. There yeah. You go. So we'll, 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 we'll get ourselves in contact with you. But yeah. So um, that'll do it for uh, this week's edition of the Cold Brew Podcast uh, for Tim Allen, for Matt Carroll. I'm Dave Gasper. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.